We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good evening, not afternoon, good evening, uh, for, wow, to Irish Breakdown Land. I am Vince Sidario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is this guy, Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And Brian and I spent the day, uh, or at least part of the day, doing what coaches do, breaking down the film. And... Uh, <laughs> It was, it was interesting because Brian and I were both in the stands and we were watching this game. And, you know, there's certain things that we saw and we talked about those things, uh, you know, Saturday evening and, and you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, it's amazing how when you watch film, yes, there's always stuff that you see that you didn't see before. But then it feels like some opinions are just verified, right? And then some you're like, oh, well, they, you know, that wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was. And so... Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really why we try to not reserve judgment because we had plenty of judgment last night, but try to reserve overall judgment until we get to dive back into the film. And and it yes, it's coach speak to say, well, I need to look at the film, you know, but that's true because you there is no way one person can watch eleven different guys on the field. Well, even the when you're time. just watching your guys, I, I don't I don't know if yeah. I've ever coached a game where I. Every single thing I thought I saw live is exactly what happened when I propped in the film. You always see things. And sometimes it's minor things. Sometimes it's major things. Yes. And sometimes it's, hey, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And sometimes it's, it's actually worse than I thought. Yeah, right. uh, that's true. And so, that's um, true. And, and so this is what our Sunday show is going to be about, right? It's about, yes. okay, yesterday was sort of the gut reaction type of show. Today is the, okay, we did the deep analysis, right? This is right. this is what we do. And this is just going to be a, a, the podcast. We're not going to, this isn't going to be like a Q&A at the end. So we're just going to dive in and provide analysis. And so hopefully you all enjoy that. But Vince, let's, um, you know, I, I, I think there's, there both sides of the ball are, need work. And the thing that I watched is, as I went back and watched a lot of games last night and some highlights and different things, you're like, you know, there's a lot of teams that are sitting there in their offices today saying, we got a lot to work on. <laughs> a lot of teams. Sure. Yeah, right. And, you know, I mean, Cincinnati yesterday was tied at halftime with Murray State. It's an FCS yes. opponent, right? So Notre Dame is not a whole lot different than a lot of other teams, but there are some things they're definitely going to have to get cleaned up. And it was very obvious from watching film that there are some things that can, that have to be fixed. Some of them, I think, are going to be corrected pretty quickly. 
Some of them I'm a little less confident that they can sure. be corrected. Right. Not that they can't or, well, that they will be corrected. Well, they can't, but they will be. Yeah, and that's that's my biggest issue is 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 you look at this film, and if you don't know anything about the coaching staff or the players or anything, you're just a coach off the street, and you're said, and somebody asked you, "Hey, I want you to look at this film. Tell me what you think." Kind of situation. As I look at it, I'm thinking, "Oh, well, that could be cleaned up. I mean, yeah. that that's easy. That's a coaching point, or you know, that that's something that you can clean up." Mm-hmm. My issue is that because I know who I'm talking about. That uh, I I don't know that it's going to get cleaned up, and that's what I'm worried about. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah. So I mean, for me, um, so let's start off with the offense because I think there's on the defensive side, it's more. I, I'm more on what you just talked about, Vince. I'm more about hey, defensively, it's there's some stuff I expect. They cleaned up a lot from week one to week two. There's going to be even more to clean up from week two to week three. I think offensively, there's some things a quarterback and running back receiver that need to uh, that need to get knocked up or knocked up, <laughs> cleaned up. Wow. I just pulled, I just pulled a Vince. Your turn. I yeah, just I pulled a Vince. It's um, your turn to, to put your cleaned up. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's 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 really on offense where I have some of the bigger concerns, Vince. So let's yes, absolutely. Let, let, let's let's kick this off, Vince, by talking about the offense. And I, and I want to begin talking about quarterback because I think as I watched the game yesterday, there were some things that that at the quarterback position that need to get cleaned up. That 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 if they do this, it's going to save some of the issues we saw. It's going to save it, not save. It's going to mask some of the things we saw from the offensive line yesterday. And that's that's sadly where we are. Uh, mm-hmm. That that were there that we have to look at it that way real real quick, Vince. We did get a super chat from oh, Lawrence yes. Adams. Lawrence, thank you for that. It says emotions in check now. Our good is really good, and our bad is pretty bad. Not sure what we will end up being. Will definitely be interesting. Thanks for what you do, and it's you a really are good welcome. Point. It's a really good point, and that's where I think the optimism comes from. And at the quarterback position, so as I went back and watched the film, the line was as bad as I thought. But there were also some times where the quarterbacks didn't do what they needed to do that that where there were opportunities to make plays. For example, Vince, you and I were watching some film together before the show started, and I pointed out to a play in the I think it was the first, second series of the game, maybe, where Notre Dame was in a trips to the right and you had tight end Michael Mayer to the left with the running back, and they ran sort of that smash concept they ran so well against Fuller State last right. week. And they had a trip to the to the right. They ran a hitch route to Avery Davis, a little seam route with the receiver, and George Takis ran an option route. Well, and we're going to have a film breakdown at Irish Breakdown this week on the message board. So yes, uh, be prepared for that. But and some of the stuff we'll show actually film of. We're not going to do it here because you know copyright and all that other kind of stuff. But 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 believe me, he's going to have actual film and he's going right. to point some stuff out and all kinds of fun stuff over on the board. So if that's stuff that you like. Please, please, please check that out yes. over on the board. So on this on this particular play, if he dro- it was a play where he ended up rolling out, trying to throw it to Avery Davis on the sideline, and it was an incomplete pass. And it was the the one coverage play that I think Brian Kelly's talking about. But to me, pre snap, Jack Cohn asked. To, I thought at times Jack Cohn got a little bit too Michael Mayer centric early on, and this was an example. It was obvious to me that they had that play sort of prepared for. And and what I mean by that is they had a. I don't know if I think it was a linebacker kind of walked up on the edge because last week Notre Dame was going trips away and they're running that smash with the back on a free release. They had that guy on the edge. He was going to jump the back and he did. 
then you had a linebacker inside and a safety over top of Mayer. It, to me, looked pre-snap like they were bracketing him. And that's exactly what they did. It was kind of a right. three-on-two, a real easy three-on-two, yeah. where to the field you had more of a three-on-three three where the fourth guy was tucked inside a lot more, and the corner to the field was, was way off. The way the safety was playing, it was clear that they weren't going to roll. It was obvious, just the language and the depth and all that. It was obvious from watching film of Toledo they weren't going to roll. That's one of those plays where Jack Cohn has to see that and say, yes, I know my stud tight end is over here, but that's my read. It was a second and eight. He catches that, bangs the hitch. Even if Avery Davis gets tackled, and Vince, you and I saw it on film, that guy was going to have to come from a long way away to tackle Avery Davis as soon as he caught the ball. And, and it would have been a first down, and that was the and At worst, the it's third and one. Yeah, at right. worst, it's third and one. Yes. But it's most likely first down, and instead, you know, they they don't get it. And, and those are those things that you know. There was a play where Tyler Buckner was running a read. It was a it was an RPO, and he hands it off instead of pulling it and getting outside. And he's got George Tack has come along on a crossing route. There was another play yeah. where it was a run RPO where Tyler Buckner hands it off. If he pulls it. He's got Michael Mayer leaning oh. outside. He might still be running. It might be a touch. I mean, he and might that, be home. And I mean, he that drive ended up in a field goal. Right. That drive could have very easily ended up in a touchdown. Right. If he if he reads it correctly. Right. And, and there were there were too many plays like that from the quarterback position. And again, that's somewhat encouraging to me. Yeah. Because game two, you're going to have some of those mistakes. Toledo was throwing some stuff at him, and 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 the reason I say it's encouraging is because. Those are the kind of things that I think can get cleaned up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that I look at and I say, hey, you know, this this team's going to be all right if they can clean up some of those things. We've seen Jack Cohn make those plays at Notre Dame already. Right. And so that's a thing, you know, so you look and say, okay, I, I like where that was at. There was there were times at quarterback where I felt, I say the one big thing schematically, I don't know if this is a Jack Cohn thing or a Tommy Reese thing, so I'm not going to sit there and say who was wrong. It doesn't really matter what i will say this is they're gonna have to have jack Cohn pull the ball on on half some place and you and i talked about that before they even brought buckner into yeah. the game um, right they absolutely have to and he would have by accident gotten seven or eight yards on some of those if he pulls it because they were flying so hard down on the give that if he pulls and goes he could fall forward for eight yards i mean that's that's where uh, I I think that he have he has to show you know his athleticism. Look, he's a lacrosse mm-hmm. player, all that fun stuff, right? Yes, he is. You know, shoes and you know whatever. But everybody says he's slow. He's he's dra- you know all that fun stuff, right? But he can he's still a good enough athlete where he can make you respect the pull, mm-hmm. and it needs to happen. It, it does. And, and again, he doesn't have to run for 50 yards. He's not going to pull that. Like, he's not pulling that ball in the end zone and running for 26 yards like Tyler Buckner did. He doesn't have to, but he has to at right. least, they have to respect it. Right. And I think there's also some things that Tommy Reese can do schematically with some RPOs and some different things to hurt that too. I, I would I would strongly consider doing some some different wrinkles and looks. And, and that's part of what you see. That, and that's the other thing I'm encouraged by is there's some things that you're seeing now for the first two weeks that – if you're a smart coach, and I think I think Tom Reese is, I think I John do, McNulty yeah. is, I think Lance Taylor is, you're going to see, okay, look, this is what they're doing those first two weeks. We now have an idea of what teams are doing to us, right? And right. this has worked against us so far. So, look, when Tyler Buckner's in the game, teams are going to respect the backside more. But we got to figure out how to keep that safe when Jack Cohn's in the game. And so 
they're going to have to now find some answers. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. And and finding answers in ways that are not just well, okay, well then we'll just put a tight end backside and block him, block him that way. I, I, that that's an answer, but it's not. It can't just be one thing. And so Jack, but that's going to have to be. Look, Jack, you have the ability to pull that thing and run it for six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards. That's going to have to be an option. So so there were some definitely some things to clean up at the quarterback position. There was a couple times I thought Jack double hitched again on deep balls where he's just got to kind of hit it and let it go. He knows where he right. wants to go, but it's like he felt like he had to muscle it up a little bit more, just hit it and let it go. Yeah. And and uh because it, know, and explain that because if you hit or I I'd like to try to explain it. If, if you hit it and let it go, number one, you don't need as much arm strength because you're throwing it earlier on in the route, right? And and number two, th- th- there's no need to to double pump and, and double hitch mm-hmm. like you said. There's just no need unless for that. you're Put waiting on a guy to come open, and they weren't. Right. He wasn't. Right. Exactly. He wasn't. And, and I think the other thing too about this Vince is when I look at this this what we saw from them yesterday, teams are 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 doing are are pre- preparing a little bit better for the deep are going to start preparing for the deep ball. They're going to have to quickly be ready with some back shoulders, and we saw that on the final drive, right? But even more of a back shoulder, not so much just a vertical quick back shoulder, but just like the the, the comebacks, which they were going to run one. Jack was getting ready to throw a comeback yesterday on the strip sack. But he's got to get that ball out a little bit quicker. I thought he was late getting to that comeback. That's also – look, the, that was a clear blown coverage – or I mean blown protection. And it was a good play, ball, play call by by Toledo. Yeah, right. Sure. Jack's got to get that ball out a little quicker, though. He's got to get to that comeback a little bit quicker. So there were some things he could have done better. There was about four or five plays where I'm like, Tyler's got to make a better read there, too. Again, the kid was playing his first college football game. Right. It's to be expected. Right? It's gonna. He's going to have that. But it, it, it was also impressive that he could make four or five clear, blatant uh read mistakes and still have the impact that he had yes <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean just go show like what kind of impact is he going to have when he starts oh, yeah. making better decisions as he gets more experience under his belt so that was really impressive to see so I-, I thought the quarterback play was a little up and down yesterday when it was good it was really good yeah absolutely and when it was down it it proved costly whether it was an interception i mean it, we talked about that last night just jack can't do that the strip sack Tyler missing a, an opportunity for a, a potential home run. I mean, can imagine what the the Tyler Buckner folklore would be right now if he would have pulled that ball that we're talking about on the run to Mayor, where Mayor's lead blocking him. He might have run for a 40, it was like 40, 50 yard touchdown. I mean, it was I mean, basically there was one defender and there was Michael Mayer. And the and if, if, if Tyler Buckner had the ball, mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. That's all that was on that side right. of the field. That's it. And, and Tyler Buckner's fast enough where. You know they might catch him way downfield, but they're, but they're going to be great. Yeah, maybe right. because he's he's that fast. So, right. um, and and right. I want I pulled up Scott's chat here. He says Lindsey looked open a lot. He was, and he was getting very frustrated. There was yes. there was a point where he ran a post route. He had two or three steps on his guy, and I don't know if it, I can't remember what happened. Like if it was a sack, he if was, it was backside, and Jack just never got to him. Yeah, and and he and look, on the ball away because he was forced out of the pocket, and Jack. In this game, one of our criticisms of him was that he was not really going through his reads because he was shell shocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was getting you know th- there wasn't a lot that he could do right. So, but Lindsey was getting frustrated and he mm-hmm. showed it. I mean, he he did yeah. you know one of these and like he gets right. frustrated and I don't blame him because he's working his butt off to get open and he's not getting any love. Right, right? I, I get it. 
So yes, Lindsay was open a lot, and, and it was a lot yeah. easier to see that in person than it is on the TV copy. That's for right. sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. John A. won't with the super nope. chat. Oh, did nope. you try to pull it up too? Sorry. I did. Yeah, it's so okay. Good evening, IB. Good, good evening, John A. Won. What's up, John? And, I, and Vince, I want to transition to the receivers now after that. Okay. So the receiver position is a, certainly a strength for Notre Dame right now. There are a couple things that I want to just quickly discuss about receiver. Yes, they were getting open a lot. There's two things that are going to concern me if I'm a defensive team and I'm watching film of, of Notre Dame. There's two things I'm going to see now. Number one, they are not good off the line. They're not. They've got to do a better job of when teams press them, they basically will take – if the defense is – so essentially what happens is is the defense is going to leverage you some way somehow. Right. They're going to play inside, play outside, play head up, but they're going to somehow try to leverage you to try to get you to go where they want you to go. Notre Dame's receivers are just letting that happen. They don't attack the leverage at all. So what, here's an example. So I'm, I'm lined up and I got a guy to my inside – and I'm trying to run an outside route. He wants me to run an outside route. That's why he's playing That's inside. That's why he's on the inside. That's so right. So I just go vertical. He's just going to come right into me and hammer me and then ride me out of, bounds. out of bounds. That's exactly what happened multiple times yesterday. Yeah. What I always taught my receivers to do and what good receiver coaches teach their receivers to do is you come off and you got to either attack that inside right leverage inside. like at the snap yeah. or you come off vertically. And as he starts to work you, then you give him a jab inside just to freeze him. And then you outrun that's all you need with the speed that takes. Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsay have. That's all it takes. Yeah. But, but they're just letting them go. And then that's why some of those balls, even the one to Kevin Austin that he caught late in the game, he was Which still was pretty awesome. far outside. You know, it was a great ball and a phenomenal catch. It was a great ball and even greater catch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could even debate it. Well, it was a great, greater ball, but a great catch. I mean, it was, it was a tremendous all around play. Uh, Dennis Rydell was a super sticker. Dennis, thank you. Thank you very much. So that was a concern, and we saw that at times also, Vince, on the on the there was a play where Jack, this is something that people ask me about, like, you know, why he doesn't know how to manipulate the pocket. I said, Well, what do you mean? He goes, Well, he doesn't know where to step. And I said, Well, he doesn't know where to step because there's nowhere to step. It's and not a perfect a example pocket. is what Toledo was doing is Toledo was taking wide rushes and it was forcing the quarterback to step and climb the pocket. But what was happening is they knew this was smart by Toledo. I guarantee you this is what they saw. They knew that they their guards were just getting their Notre Dame's – they were kicking Notre Dame's guards' yep. butts. All day so long. So if I'm going to slide outside and force that quarterback into the pocket where their, we, we're, their weaker pass pro guys are, then he's sliding right into where our, our guys are. And that happened many times. Yep. 
So the, the wide rush has forced him to climb, and he's looking to make a throw, but then there's guys right in his face. It was a really good defensive strategy, and it works because Notre Dame's guards have been pretty terrible at pass protection so far through the first two games. There was a play where Braden – remember that play, Vince? They ran a really deep in cut. Jack's getting ready to step up into the pocket, but he had to wait. He wanted to go to Braden, but he had to wait because Avery Davis was getting jammed down the field. And because they were running, so essentially Avery Davis is on the inside. I'm gonna try to do this with my fingers. <laughs> Avery Davis on the inside, right? And 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 Braden Lindsay's on the outside. Now Notre Dame's gonna have to do one of two things. Number one is Avery's got to get a cleaner release. Now, if I'm running a seam route, so Avery was running a seam, and then Braden was running deep, and then he was gonna run an in cut underneath him. Well, what happens is he came off vertical, and because Avery got jammed up. Braden had to slow down in that window. There was no window for right. – so normally that clears and Jack's going to throw it into that window and then Ave, Braden runs into it. Well, the problem is once Avery got jammed, Braden couldn't keep coming because there was nowhere to go. Exactly. If Jack would have thrown in the window, it just would have been picked off right in the middle of the field. Right. Avery's got to take a cleaner release. Even if you've got to go inside that guy, when you, you've got to get a free release. You can't get jammed like that. The other thing that Notre Dame could do if they don't want – if Tommy – and this is something Tommy Reese can do if he doesn't have faith in the receivers coach to get it fixed, is invert them at the snap. Have Avery be on the line and Braden be off the line. So now that little That gives invert, him a head start. It gives right, him a head start. Now, even if he yeah. gets jammed, that's still going to be cleaner to get Braden underneath. Right. Right. We're going to have to look into some of that kind of stuff. Right. Especially even if – even if they're doing a better job of teaching him, that's something I've talked about this for – this is a – I'm like a broken record. It's just the same thing. I've been talking about Notre Dame's receivers against the press. The only guys that they've had that were really good against the press the last two years were Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin, and that's just because they could just push guys. Because they're bigger. They were bigger, they, stronger. They had no yeah, moves. Just... They just could push guys. Right. And so – so to me, that's something that needs to be improved. But if it doesn't get improved, there are things Tommy Reese can do schematically to fix that. It, even if they get it fixed, however, some teams are just going to start being more aggressive. That's where some of that invert stuff can really work. Or you can clear it out. You know, you can bring Braden on a stack and then have Lawrence take a really wide thing and then Braden can kind of push out and come underneath. There's come all types in. of different things that you can do. And still be the same um, concept. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and so those are the things that I think that they need to look at. And and that's where I think the receiving core can get better is getting cleaner releases against sure. press. Because the more and more teams see, they're going to say, look, I, we can't run with Braden Lindsay down the field. We can't, right. we can't play Kevin Austin one-on-one. The best chance we have is to press them at the line, reroute them. Hopefully we can ride them out of bounds. But the, the bigger hope is that they're not going to have time to get the ball – down the field to them right if we can slow down their vertical release then they're not gonna have time to get the ball off that was really my criticism of the receiving court other than that i thought they were pretty good i mean once they get into their routes and things like that they're making contested catches they're getting open like you said Braden was open a lot he was um, they ran a great per curl flat concept against cover four that i thought was excellent and it looked like cover four pre-snap they ended up rolling into something and it was perfect for it but, uh, you know, it's a great curl flat concept to give a first down. They did some stuff. They did some creative stuff yesterday. Not doing quite as much levels, Vince, as I want. Still a lot, a lot, there's still a lot of horizontal stretching. I would still like to see a little bit more levels, I would say, to get just get them running across the field a little bit well, more. They're and they doing didn't, some of it, but not a ton. They didn't really attack the middle of the field a whole lot until the very last drive. 
I mean, it, there was the one crosser I think that they threw um, uh, to five. Joe right? Wilkins, yeah. To Joe Wilkins, uh, there was the one that you <laughs> I thought that. Uh, I, great. So I didn't see – so they're coming at us. Yes. Right? So we're actually looking at the defense. This was actually a really funny moment. Yeah. And the receiver – the tight end's like totally covered. And Jack throws something. Oh crap! And all of a sudden, I'm like, "Where'd the ball go?" And then I see Joe Wilkins running because <laughs> the angle we were at, he was totally covered up by the tight end. I know what happened. I thought a linebacker had stepped in front of it or something. Then I see Joe Wilkins running with it. So sorry, I mean, I, I, I know I interrupted you, Vince, and it's just no. mostly soul crushing for you. I mean, I uh, cry myself to but... sleep at least three times a week. <laughs> just gonna let you know that. <laughs> so. But that was just a funny moment that, that we had in yeah. the game yesterday. Which You're like, wait, fun. wait, what happened? I didn't what see just, I, what just happened. That's great. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Crazy. But but to my point, they didn't really attack the middle of the field until the very last drive. And and you said when they started the second, the last drive of the game, you're like, middle of the field is mm-hmm. wide open. And then they went right. to it two times in a row, yeah. obviously for the winning touchdown as well. But I, I think they need to attack the middle of the field a little bit better too. I, I agree with, with the levels, quicker the crossers stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah. But so like yeah. when they tried to get to the middle of the field, it was on deeper stuff, right? And the reality is they're just not getting the and that like that play we talked about that that uh, that under route by Lindsey that was meant to attack the middle of the field, right? They had the post route that Lindsey ran was meant to attack the middle of the field. They just but they're trying to attack it in the it. deep and and I'm and I'm all for that. I'm all about that. The problem is that they don't have the time. They're not protecting the quarterback well enough to get there, right? And so they're going to have to do some other stuff to kind of creatively free guys up and we're not seeing enough of that where right. they're getting open now just because they're better than the dudes they're going against yeah that's not always necessarily going to be the case by the degree that it is there's also gonna have to be some schematic stuff that allows them to run some high low stuff to take advantage like look toledo was was bringing a lot of four but they were bringing a lot of delay blitzes so there's some things that you got to see that and you got to say okay they're 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 firing that linebacker as soon as they see our running back fly out so then what you do is you make an adjustment. You have your running back quickly step and go. Mm-hmm. Once that guy comes, you're replacing him with a Braden Lindsey crossing route right behind it. And so, but then when they did th- throw some of that stuff, I mean, the Michael Mayer caught a touchdown pass on a crossing route. Joe Wilkins had one. So there was definitely some things that we saw yesterday. Um, so any- anyway, so I, I, uh, you throw this in here. I, I saw that. just saw that. It's <laughs> great. What's up, Darren? How's it going? How's it going? Yeah, so we need to get we need to get with like the hockey sticks behind yes. it, you know, behind yes. the IB. I think that's what he's looking for, and we have to make that happen. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> so you want to go running backs next? We'll we'll save the best for last. Yeah, I, I we kind of talked. I think running backs we're not going to say much on because yeah, just what real we quick. Last night is what we saw in film. Yes, I thought Chris Tyree. Well, Vince, how about you take this one because because you, you had some some strong th- when we were talking before, and you had some kind of strong thoughts on. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to go t- terribly deep into here because, again, they didn't have much much of an opportunity right. to make things happen as far as running backs are concerned. But I, I thought Chris Tyree was the better of the two. Uh, I really liked having Chris Tyree in with Tyler Buckner. I think that combination is really, really good. I saw, I, I hope they continue that. Uh, I thought Kyron Williams did a good job. Obviously, the touchdown run, he made a great cut and just outran everybody. That was great. Right. I thought he did really yeah. good on that screen. I mean, that third and 14 screen play, the last eight yards, he pretty much got on his own mm-hmm. um, with with just the way he was being shifty and everything. But other than that, when we talked about Jack Cohn being kind of shell-shocked and you know not going through all of his reads, I, I thought that it, to Kyron Williams kind of was too. He didn't hit the whole... 
um, on a couple of different plays where he should have, and he was kind of bouncing it outside where there wasn't any blocking. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't able to get what he needed. But again, there weren't a lot of holes, but when they were there, he wasn't hitting them. So, you know, again, and he can't put the ball on the ground. That that's my biggest right. thing. If you're going to be an All American, a captain, in that in that particular instance, you cannot fumble the ball. You you can't fumble the ball. I don't know if I don't know if I would say that he was shell shocked as much as I think him knowing that the offensive line is struggling, he's trying to make a play. And I get that. And and what he has to learn is as a running back, Vince, and you know this because you've taught your running backs this is hey, looks there will those you gotta you gotta be patient for that big play opportunity to come. Right. When it's not there, we can't have you dance around and taking a minus two. You've got to hit it. And that's something I thought Chris did a better job of is Chris negated the negatives more than Kyron did because he hey, if there's nothing there, you just just go slam in or get two. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. And that's something. So I understand where Kyron's coming from. I'm too hard on being too hard on him for that. So I'm saying, not look, trying man, to be too hard. You're on an all American. You're trying to yeah. be an all American. But sometimes being an all American is just taking what they give you. And then when that opportunity comes, which he did, when the line does make a good block and you see that thing on the stretch, you you hit it and you hit it hard and you go score. And that's exactly what right. he did. Right. And so that is still there. He just has to he has to be a little bit more efficient and, and, and be more willing right. to say, hey, look. There's nothing there. I'm just going to hammer it, which is what he did last year, which made him so good. Right. And, and I think that's he he that trying to do too much thing is something something Kyron's going to have to get to, to work on. And the the biggest thing is, like you said, Vince, this has been a problem for him in the past. You cannot put the ball on the ground. Right. And absolutely. You definitely can't put the ball on the ground when your football team is trying to go out there and put a game away. I mean, if Jack Cohn doesn't come down and make those plays at the end, then then that fumble. I mean, that fumble could have cost them the game. No question. And and that is um I thought his pass pro was a little spotty. I thought both of their pass pros were a little spotty, but I think part of that had to do with just Toledo was bringing some intriguing pressures that Notre Dame had no answers for. And I'll have this that would be one example where they they just brought and some of the things they did they should have had answers for and they just struggled to get. And we'll get to this when we get to the offensive line, but uh, tight end play events I thought was good. Yeah. I thought Michael Mayer blocked better yesterday than he did in the opener. I thought George Takis had a better blocking game yesterday than the opener. They're going to have to get George Takis more involved yeah. in the pass game. We and there was a couple that. times he, he – that's why was, if Tyler Buckner would have pulled that one RPO bootleg where he handed it off and they gained one, he's got he's got George Takis coming on a crossing on a drag route, and he is wide open. Right. Wide open. So that it looked like there's at least one player they're trying to get him, but I think that's going to be a key for them too is to be able to to, to – utilize him more in the pass game. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the key for me. And so I thought tight end position was better uh, than it was in the opener from an all-around standpoint. Right. And we know, we know my production can catch the ball. Right. We got that. And he did we a great it. job of that. He, I mean, he did a great job getting free. And I'll tell you what, that was a heck of a play by both of them. I mean, he saw the same. When when you're mayor, you, you see that guy, you see the one-on-one, it's win. That's your job. There's no technique. It's win. Yes. And he did. And Jack Cohn did a great job of looking that safety off and then coming back to Mayer and kind of throwing off of it quickly, throwing off of his back foot and get that ball out there. So that that was um a big moment and they got the they got it done. When they needed to get it done, they got it done. Sure. Let's uh let's move to the offensive line, Vince. Let's go. Let's go. This is this is I'm gonna give my overall thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. This is a, a definite situation of where I had the feelings of okay. 
if I'm going position by position, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought at certain positions. And then it was actually worse than I thought at other positions, right? I, I don't have the same opinion of anybody going into watching the film that I did prior to watching the film. Does that make sense? Like I tackle center tackle. I actually there, there, I will. It was okay. I, I'm okay. Then plenty the, to improve on the second tackle that came in. Okay. Fair enough. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, and uh, Tosh Baker. Cause I knew uh, that's where your mind was, but that, that's exactly where I was. I was thinking about Tosh Baker uh, and I was thinking about the second half. So Baker Patterson lug, not bad, not bad, right? There's some things they can clean up, but, but there's also some things that I think they're getting coached, which I, I don't know, you know, but the two guards actually played worse than I thought that mm-hmm. they, than I thought live. I, I thought that they played worse. And yeah. just saying something, because we thought, the- <coughs> excuse me. Yes, I we both thought the guards, the interior played very poorly. Um, and they really played poorly. They they couldn't pass block. They couldn't run block. It was they ugly. Ran by guys so many game. levels. I so mean, many levels. Yeah. Yes, there was nothing. The line as a whole did well yesterday. I mean, that's yes. that's that's absolutely that's the problem. Right now, here, specifically here here's the thing that that Vince and I were talking about before the show. I thought that Tosh Baker looked more comfortable at tackle yesterday than he did in the spring. And what I mean by that is he was playing, he was handling bull rushes better, looked a little stronger. Uh, His foot quickness was improved. Right. Uh, I thought he was good in the run game. I thought he handled bull rush as well. The problem is his technique stinks. And it's clearly he's not being coached well. I mean, because it's not just him. Him and Josh Lug are being taught the same things. Sure. It's this hopping thing that they're doing. They're trying to do a vertical pass set, but it's like they they weren't taught properly how to do a vertical pass set. Uh, and, and when Tosh came out, I mean, there was a lot of really impressive pass blocks by him yesterday. And 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 I thought he did well, but then there's times where he kind of gets this weird hop thing and, 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 jo- and Josh Lug did the same thing, and then they just get – with Josh, Josh is getting bull rushed. With Tosh, he was just getting right. beat with double moves. right. And, and, you know, but, but I saw some good things and, and I'm going to double down on what I said yesterday. And I probably shouldn't say this because it seems like whenever I say something about what Brian Kelly needs to do, he does the exact opposite. But <laughs> it is what it is. That's fair. Here's what Brian Kelly needs to do. And, and I said this yesterday. He needs to go to his, he needs to bring in Tommy Reese. He needs to bring in Jeff Quinn. And he needs to bring in the offensive line GA. And he needs to sit down and say, listen, GA, Trevor, Coach Trevor. And I said this last night, you have one job. Your job is to make sure Tosh Baker has good pass pro technique and knows mm-hmm. how to pass walk. That's your only job from here until the end of the year. That's it. Because when Tosh was right on yesterday, he, was he good. looked like the guy that we thought he would yeah. be. I, for, super um, long and when agile. he got he's strong he's strong it was much stronger clear. than he was in the spring yeah because he absolutely. was playing with a little bit better pad level yeah but you have one job and that is to make tosh a good pass blocker and and because i want to explain kind of what mm-hmm. he did good and what he did bad mm-hmm. so what he did well i should say proper english what he did well was that whenever he got bull rushed he handled that really well i was mm-hmm. very impressed when a guy came right at him he did a really good job. Didn't give up ground. 
stayed the course. It was really good. When he had to double team, I thought he did really good. When it was a uh, run play, and he had there was a play where he had to get down, uh, take a hard inside step, get inside a five technique, and prevent him from going to Tosh's right. So he had to take a hard step, get inside, and then come back around and turn. He did that really well. Mm-hmm. Okay, what he didn't do well was a speed rush off the outside. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's because. He, and he's so long, and he's got good feet, but he's taking these little itty-bitty choppy steps back when he's supposed to be pass blocking, and it's not fast enough. He needs to take big steps, bigger, longer steps, and he'll be able to keep up with that that uh, that speed or, rush. Or, t- or do what Blake Fisher does, and this is something that Blake Fisher did the moment he showed up at Notre Dame, is if you're going to take those itty-bitty steps, you need to have a great pace. Right, and that's the problem. Is he's taking those, and that's he's, the problem Josh Lug is having. Straight up, they're taking those lady base steps with a narrow base, and it's causing them to get. And they're both about six eight. You can't right. have six eight guys with a narrow base. Right, and that's and, a coaching thing. Because right. and here's why I say it's a coaching thing because it happened with both of those guys. Right, right. Um, and so he was susceptible to the speed rush, and then as he's trying to make up ground on the speed rush, if a guy spins to go back to the inside, he's completely right. off balance, and he can't make that adjustment. Right, that's coaching. That is coaching. Now, Here's why it's important. Here's why this conversation is important. Because if you can get Tosh going, that's going to answer a lot of problems. Yeah. Because to me, Michael Carmody is a guy, Vince, that um, has to move inside. Michael was not an edge pass protector. He and was, that was very was, clear. It was obvious. I mean, he gave up a sack and two hits on the quarterback and didn't even play half. Right. Uh, he's not an edge guy, but he's physical. And he is more of a guard, in my opinion. Well, guess if what? You, they need two guards, right? Now. Yes. Well, and here's the thing. You know, <laughs> Blake's going to come back at some point. Right. And and if Blake comes back and Tosh is getting going, then all of a sudden you've got more options at guard. One of them being number 75, who Brian Kelly said in the spring before, before telling us how good Josh was at tackle, he said that Josh was more comfortable at guard. Right. And maybe they're both true. I don't know, uh, but I think he could play guard. The point being, it, Tosh is the key to this whole thing, and he's probably your most talented lineman left now that Blake's out. I think there's a lot of promise with Tosh. Yeah. I do. I really do. Right, and this is his. And somebody said it earlier. One of the super chats earlier. It was from Lawrence, I think. Right. Uh, where he said he said uh, th- it was this super chat right here. He goes, "Our our our good is really good, and our bad is pretty bad." And I think no player better solidified that, signified that yesterday. Than yeah, that's a really good point because he gave up two sacks. Yes, he did, yes. and it was on pat. One was a pass rush to the outside, and the mm-hmm. other was a pass rush to the outside, right. along with a spin right. move inside. Exactly. But yeah. when he was right, it was really impressive. Yeah, it was. So that's what I'm saying. That GA's got to say, "You got one job, and that's to get Tosh right." Because if I can get Tosh right more and more and more, then all of a sudden I feel really good about having a six eight former basketball player playing yeah. left tackle. And and you know, like I said, the fact that he was better in the run game was a good sign because that's the area I thought he would struggle in early on. I thought the pass pro thing would be there, but the technique yeah. is just it's it's just not there. It's garbage. I'm sorry. Josh Lug had some really good moments. He probably had the two biggest blocks of the game. 
he had the great block on, and I'll have this in the video breakdown too, but he had a great block on the touchdown run. Just drove yep. that, and it was just the biggest difference in the game. On that play, Josh hit the guy and kept driving his feet. What we see so much from the guards is they hit people and, and they stop, stop moving. They stop. And it and, and like there was there's plays where they're literally the center, the guard, and the guard, the left guard, the center, and the right guard are literally butt to butt on an inside zone. Like, where's the hole? Right. Like exactly. Your your butt to butt to butt. That's terrible technique, and they're all standing straight up. And it's not right. Jared Patterson because he's coming off and hitting a guy, and then all of a sudden. Kane stops his feet and Jarrett smashes into him, and then Zeke smashes into him because, and it all was because Kane stopped his feet. Or right. going the other way, Zeke stopped his feet, and then Josh smashes into him, or Jarrett passes him, and then Zeke smashes, or uh, Kane smashes into him. Yeah, the, the, only, the only time from, Zeke never didn't stop his feet was when he was running through and just not hitting anybody. Right. It was I mean, like it, a foot it was, race with the running back. It was some of the worst technique I've ever seen. And the reason I'm not just blaming Zeke and Kane for this is because, number one, Kane's technique has regressed so much in a very short period of time from what I saw from him. I mean, the one thing I thought he did well, and we this way, he, he's a real physical kid that he moves his feet through contact. And his technique is so bad right now. And Zeke Carell has regressed so much from the cotton, from the Rose Bowl. Just like two games ago, he's regressed in a major way. The good news is I thought Jarrett Patterson was much better yesterday that's the one the biggest positive that i got out of this game i thought Jarrett was a lot better he got in some trouble because he just has no help inside i mean it's like he's like one on three at times right and and, and so he played a lot better at center so that's why i'm a little nervous about moving him away from center because at least with him at center could Jarrett play left tackle yes could he play left guard Jarrett can play anywhere like Jared could start yes, and be a, their best lineman anywhere. Yes, but absolutely. at least at center, you know you have your stud right up the middle. Right. But the two guard positions, Vince, were worse than I thought they were going to be, and changes need to happen now. Now I'm not advocating for personnel changes only. It's more about like, hey, you know, like I said yesterday, Jeff Quinn, you need to get this fixed because their technique is awful. I mean, there was a particular play. It was. It was on early – I think it was the second drive of the game, Vince. I'm, I'm going to try to find this play. But there was okay. a play early in the game where they drop back and he sh and, and, and Jack Cohn is trying to run just a simple quick out to Michael Mayer. And a guy just comes running through right through the B-gap and Kane and, and Zeke Crow has no clue what's happening. He just yeah. doesn't see him. And it was about as simple of a B-gap fire as you're ever going to see. And and he just had no concept that it was going to happen. And again, if this was just a one-off, or he was the only one struggling, then I'd say, hey, look, right. you know, Zeke's not playing well, bench him, or Kane's not playing right. well, bench him. But I'm seeing the exact same problem from both guards, and the exact same problem from both tackles. Yes, right. It's just we yes. see more positive from the tackles than we do from right. the guards right now. Which, when you're playing, when you're playing on mm -hmm. an island, sometimes can be a little easier to to just go be an athlete. Sure, you know, you can, you're on your own a little bit more, but it, that's that's the concerning thing for me is that you're seeing really terrible technique. You're seeing guys hit people and stopping their feet, which is the same stuff, Vince, that you and I complained about over and over and over in 2019. Sure, and we're seeing it again. Yeah, and that's a coaching problem. I'm yes, sorry. coaching problem. And we said that going into the season, like this is what we're looking for, and if we continue to see it. 
then this is why it's happening. Yes. And this is why it's happening. And it's very fr- – like, I – as you and I talk about the offensive line, as I'm watching the offensive line on film, I feel, honestly, like I'm watching the guys that I coached at the high school level. And it's the same coaching points that I would give them. Guys, you got to run your feet. You got to run your feet. You got to take a longer step. You got to fire out of your stance. These are not the conversations that we should be having with Division One guys at Notre Dame who are on scholarship, right? I mean, that that's it's mind blowing to me that that's the issue that we're having. It just I don't understand it. I don't understand it, and I I don't know how other people aren't seeing it. I guess is my biggest thing. Yeah. I'm watching that play now, Vince. It, uh, that I was talking about earlier. It was a it was a first and ten. It was on their fourth series, I believe. They're up seven to six. Toledo had just punted, and at the snap of the ball, this linebacker just starts coming, and there's just no concept that he's there. And it was a it was a it was a, actually an RPO play, and so it's which makes it even worse because you're running inside zone. That guy's got to be part of who you got. Right, and he had he had no he had no clue no clue right. that he was supposed to get that guy. Right, and, and and we saw Kane Madden kind of looking around like at times like wait a minute was I supposed to block that guy? And it was just over and over again. That's a coaching problem. I don't care what anybody says. And yes, the players got to play better, right? They do. But it, why is it all? What frustrates me is people that push back on this narrative. Say, well, you know, the players got to do this, this, and this. Why is it always the kids and the players that that get have to be held accountable, not right. the people prepare, that are supposed to prepare them to perform? And I always say this: you want to know whether or not a coach is getting a job done, or if it's a player problem. You look and say, is it is it happening with a player or two, or is it something that's happening systemically throughout your your position group? Right. And when like, for, for example, when all your receivers are struggling with press, that, 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 that's a coaching problem. If Kevin Austin struggles with press, that's a Kevin Austin problem. Right. 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 If Absolutely. he's the only one. If Zeke Carell's playing poorly, but Caden Madden is kicking butt and Jared Patterson's kicking butt, it's a Zeke Carell problem. If, ja- if, if, if Tosh Baker has bad technique, but Josh Lugg, a fifth year senior that now has 11 career starts, has good technique and it's a Tosh Baker problem. But when they both have that problem, redshirt freshman, veteran fifth-year senior, that's a coaching problem. That's how you know. Yes. And, and so those are the things. And so the other thing that they need to do that, from watching this game, it's it's simple. They've got to get. They've got to say, hey, look, we're going to play the most physical guys we got. I don't care about. We're going to play. And so I'm sitting down with. Uh, so to answer this question from Sam Tyrell, yeah, for the guard was does Notre Dame run a complicated scheme? Wondering if they could simplify the game, but no. It's they ran inside zone, zone outside zone, and counter. Zone That's all they ran. They ran three plays. Right. And they couldn't execute three freaking plays. Inside zone, outside zone, counter. That's it. They ran a couple mid zones, but it's the same philosophy. That's it. And so they're not running a lot up front. And they can't because they can't execute the basic things that they're already showing. So number one, Jeff Quinn has to get do it. He has to he has to figure some things out. He needs to have a come to Jesus moment this week for him. They need to sit down with the GA and say you got one job, Tosh Baker. And then the other thing that they need to do is they need to Brian Kelly, Tom and Reese need to come into the O line room and they need to say, listen, uh, right now the way we're playing offensive line, there's nobody's job is safe. Now we exactly. both know that Jared that, Patterson and Josh Lugg are going to be playing. Of course. But you say that and you say, listen, we're looking for guys that are going to be physical and get after it. Okay. And, and you need to make sure that Rocco's getting reps. You need to make sure that Andrew Christophic is getting, you, you can't just say, Hey, we're not going to play Andrew Christophic because he's the backup center. 
He's played guard and tackle in his career. Put him somewhere where you give him a chance right. to play. Give him a shot. Okay. You got to get Rocco some reps. You need to get Quinn. You need to see if Quinn Carroll can do something. You need to figure because to me, John Dirksen, everybody gets a shot right now. Right. Because, and, and I'll tell you what, Zeke Carell and Kane Madden got one more game to show me something if you're going to start them. If they play the same way in game three that they did in games one and two, you can make changes. And, and I don't yep. do that. I don't do that very often, Vince. I don't I, run around right. saying this guy. I've said, hey, you know, play your number two receiver more, but I don't sure. advocate very often for benching dudes. I've right. done it at quarterback in recent seasons. We did it at Will Linebacker last year. We don't do it very often. If they don't – I mean, they've played poor enough to where if they decided to play two new guards on Saturday against Purdue, I would not I, And I, I would not would, be too upset about it. It wouldn't make a difference in a negative way if you put two brand-new guys in there. It could only make a difference yeah. in a positive. But like, way I wouldn't there. complain about. Oh, it's too early to be doing. No, that. I, mean, I wouldn't. That's how bad they've played. Look, look. When there's and, and there's no way you can watch this film and not realize that those guys struggled. So for me, that tells me that okay, man, let's ramp up the competition. It's mm -hmm. back open. You know, Let, let's see who can who wants to play here at Notre Dame. Who wants to play here? You know, mm -hmm. I, that's that's my mantra the entire week. If, if I'm yep. anybody that has any kind of power at Notre Dame on the offensive side of the football, it's who wants to play because we're going to play the best guy, right? Yeah. Where's your pride? It's a I pride mean, I'm, thing. I, I'm getting, I'm getting, if I, if I'm Quinn and Kelly, I'm going to see if Q and McGlinchey and Stanley and Hainsey and, and Banks and, and Zach Martin and Nick Martin, I'm getting, I'm doing a zoom call with them and I'm getting them all giving me like 30 seconds of, of challenging these guys. Yeah. And you've got a tradition to hold up to. And then, and what I would also do if I was Brian Kelly is I'd get I'd get Harry Heastan. I'd get <laughs> I'd get some of those guys and give a same pep talk to Jeff Quinn because at the end yeah. of the day, that's the concern here. Absolutely. Is you can't just you can't just throw Zeke Carell and Caden Madden under the bus and be like, well, once you replace them, everything's good now. You put Rocco in the game, you put Kerstoffic in the game, you put Dirksen in the game, it's all good. We fixed right. it. No. Because the problem at the end of the day is the the, the, the line coach. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to improve. Now, again, we've seen before where they've started off pretty bad and got better. So I'm still holding out hope. But they took a step back. Yeah, they did not get better. Toledo. As a whole. A step back. As, a, as an offensive line unit, they, they did not get better. Right. Um, and that and we and we not that they're listening to us, we challenge them that that's what we need to see. We need to see them get better from week one to week two right. because we didn't play. think they played all that great in week one, obviously. So we want to see them get better. It's a get right game. All that stuff that we said against Toledo. It didn't happen. It did not happen. That's the problem. It did not happen. And, you know, again, there's 10 more games on the schedule. You've got opportunities to improve, but you, there's eventually it's going to bite you mm -hmm. and it almost bit him on Saturday and in a very right. embarrassing way. Right. So yeah. Right. Uh, Michael peak football one oh one, <laughs> fire off the ball. If the O-line is not doing that, then the coach must be changed because he's either coaching it wrong or he's lost the players. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. No question. And we no got, a, we do have a super chat here, Vince from Armand Galanosa. Uh, not being able to help recruiting future O-line or receivers, trying to stay positive, but I have a bad feeling about this. You guys are scary on point. Keep up the excellent. We will do well, our thanks, best. Armand. Appreciate say that. one difference yeah, between man. the O-line and the receivers is as a former receivers coach and as a former receiver and receivers coach, we mm -hmm. can watch the receivers and realize they're not really be co being coached up super great. The difference, however, is 
technique for a receiver is not as important as it is for right. an offensive lineman. Absolutely. You can get by on God-given ability at a receiver much more than you can. There, there are some teams that have great offenses that teach hardly any receiver technique. Correct. And, Absolutely. And it's scheme-driven. And look, right. You can you can if you're putting together your coaching staff, and let's say you've got, you know, a couple guys that are really strong with technique and and you know, just really fundamentally sound and blah, blah, blah. The first place I'm putting them is at the offensive line, right? I'm, I, that's the guy that's going to the offensive line. If I've got a guy that mm-hmm. – if I'm putting together a college staff, let's say, and I've got a guy that's just a really good recruiter, not a great coach, but he's a really dynamic recruiter, hey, man, why don't you go coach uh, the wide receivers? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the, I, And I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about other wide receiver coaches or, or myself. I was a wide receiver coach, Brian, as well. It, it's not as – it's not as – technically sound as an offensive line coach and it's easier to learn the techniques to exactly teach. absolutely and the if, you're, to teach. if you're a coach who's willing to learn and, if you and know football teach, you can be taught yeah. how to teach coach receivers absolutely. a lot faster than you can be taught to coach offensive linemen absolutely yeah. hey, that's a much better way to and then running back is the even easier yeah you know yeah uh, absolutely. because there are certain positions where you can just get by on talent and, and quarterback and offensive line are not that Nope. And that's the difference. Correct. Uh, and so the receivers could have a mediocre coach. And look, look at, look at, look, no, two of Notre Dame's greatest receivers of all time, Golden Tate and, and uh, uh, Michael Floyd, spent most of their careers playing for one of the worst wide receiver coaches I've ever seen. And Rob Ionello. He was <laughs> awful, clueless, but they still had great numbers. Why? Because they're just really good. This is really good. Yeah. You can't have a, you can have a really talented offensive lineman and he's going to be okay. He's not going to be great if he's not coached. Right. And that's that's one of the Absolutely. So I don't think it's going to hurt receiver recruiting because they're still producing. I mean, Notre Dame's averaging over 340 passing yards a game right now. You know, True. With yeah, no line. Point. That's the kind of thing at the end of the day that kind of gives me some optimism, Vince. Because Correct. Notre Dame has scored 41 and 32 points and should have had more points against Toledo. They had and, some and Florida State, but right. that's a different conversation. And and they they're averaging over 340 rushing yards a game, and their offensive line has been abysmal. If the line was just average, we said it last time, say it again before we move to defense. If the line is just average, this offense is going to be incredibly hard to stop. Right. Like right. I'm actually like wishing we could see the 2019 offensive line right now. That's how bad it's been. Yes. Because if they had the 2019 offensive line, they'd be scoring 45 points a game right now. Absolutely correct. Absolutely I correct. Mean, because we I haven't seen an offensive line performance like this ever at Notre Dame. I have. I personally 2017 have is probably the only other time that I could consider it's maybe bad. we can have a conversation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. They, they were pretty awful in 2007. Ever since I've been breaking down the film the way I do now with Notre Dame, I haven't. I mean, yeah. and, and keep I, in I, mind they went three yeah. and nine in 2007, Vince. I mean, so I know that, but there was other <laughs> something like that's how bad it was. It, oh yeah. Okay. You know, that, and, and, and and there was they were bad everywhere. So it kind of it was hard for one unit to stand out. I think what makes the line look even worse is because other positions are playing so well that you're like, man, if this group could just get their act together, this team would be really, really good. Um, yeah, he's already done that. That's yes. the thing. The question is, if the O-line is average, do you think Cone could pick teams apart? And and and, and the answer is, of, of course, he's already doing that. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we sat here and, and broke down the film, and I'm like, man, Cone missed this opportunity. Buckner missed this opportunity. Boy, Cone missed this read. Buckner missed that read. And at the end of the day, the quarterbacks combined, I mean, it's, it's really kind of absurd. They combined to go 24 of 36 for 317 yards and three touchdowns. They right. didn't play well. Right. And they, they, had, they left a lot of passing yards out there. 
Yes, absolutely. You know? um, and they did the same thing for 366 last week. They threw for 366 and basically in, in, in regulation. And if not for a couple bad drops and one bad read by Cone, or one, not bad read, one misread by Cone, they're over 400 yards. Easy. That's with an offensive line that, that that's just awful. Awful. I mean, Florida State, we're talking about how improved they are. This one got beat by flipping Jacksonville State. Right. You know, so um, Jacksonville that, State was going to win the national title, though. So you at know, the end of the day, that's the encouraging thing. Yeah. They don't have to become the 2020 offensive line. They just have to not stink. If they can, <laughs> and what I mean, if they can we just set the bar do, so low, just do your job at a mediocre level, and this yeah. team is going to be really hard. That's how good the skill is in Notre Dame right now, in my opinion. Yeah, that's how good yeah. at, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. It's really good. And I like the stuff that Tommy Reese is doing schematically. And I'd like to see what he could do if he wasn't being held back by the line. Yeah. And, and that would be an interesting thing. So that's our analysis of the Notre Dame offense from uh, and now we've, we've broken down the film. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.